All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. I'm here. Tim's here. I'm in a good mood today, Tim. Very happy. I drove in from Chicago yesterday, got in early this morning, and I just feel great. I don't know why. I'm in one of those moods. It's a good day. I I don't know what to tell you. My kid's got a birthday in a couple days. Gabriella turning 10. Very exciting. Christmas is around the corner. We're in Advent season, preparing Christmas. It's good. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? Did you also have a couple coffees already this morning? I think I'm on number three. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got three hours sleep last night. Cause I <clears throat> Chicago thinks tricky. Game ends. Normal person would spend the night and drive home or fly home the next day. I just um I feel guilty for leaving my wife with the kids. So I drive home right after the game and I get home at three thirty in the morning. And then I wake up at six thirty because I gotta get my youngest daughter off to school. And so I drive her to school and I just let my wife just kind of relax because she had a hard weekend. So it's just, the Mondays are tough after a Sunday game, but it is, you know, I enjoy it. So I, I just suck it up. I don't complain. I only complain to you guys and all our listeners. You got to love it. You got to have a love for the game. And John, you've always had that love. I do. Still Everybody says that. You know what? I have it. You know who's <laughs> missing some love? But first, let's get to give better. We'll do give better first because there's a lot to talk about that I'm fired up about. This episode right here, December 11th, 2023, is brought to you by our friends at Give Better. We're going to have the creator of the the brand Give Better on the show this week, hopefully. I, I really want to talk to him and have him explain how cool this app he's putting out is. I've been playing with it all week. It's fantastic. It's going to revolutionize fantasy gambling all this fun stuff it's super fun tim did you ever get access to that or no i did yeah i got access over the weekend really cool really isn't it fantastic seamless isn't it the swiping is what's gonna make it yeah it's great especially for your generation you're just like the tinder gen your camera's moving all over the place tim did you bump your computer it's very distracting for me or i don't know i'm those of us on youtube those of us on youtube just watch Tim. He's moving and grooving. But anyways, back to back to Give Better. Check it out. Go to GiveBetter.com. It's a fantastic company. They're doing things the right way. Responsible gambling. Everything you play, if you lose, a portion of that goes to charity. The new app they're launching, hopefully this week, 50% of it goes to charity. It's it's lights out. It's so, so, so fun. Maybe it's me knocking my camera because I'm shaking around here too. Moving on. 
There was some naughty boys this weekend, Tim. There was some dangerous plays. There was some interesting results. There was some pushback. And I have I have a lot to say on it because I feel like the refs are just blowing it left and right in the NHL right now. When Gary Bettman instituted the instigator rule, I want to say 15 years ago, the reason he instituted this rule was to be the police officer. He didn't like that players took things into their own hands. He didn't like that players would just fight at the drop of a hat. He didn't like players just keeping track of of who's towing the line, who's crossing the line, and just, you know, being the police officers. He didn't like players like me. So he put in the instigator rule to thwart players like me from policing the game. Going out, grabbing somebody, and beating their doors off, and just getting a five-minute major, and no one else getting an extra penalty. Maybe a two for instigating. He didn't like that, so he threw in the instigator. You would get two, ten, and a five. So pretty much you're done for the period or the game. If you institute this rule, Tim, you have to have refs in place who will police the game. Because if that doesn't happen, you see what happened this weekend. Reckless hits. Revenge, retribution for the players who got hit because they feel slighted that they have to go and take care of business themselves. And then on top of that, those players who are seeking justice getting penalized. It's just backwards. It shouldn't happen. It really bothered me. All of these hits has some aspect of this. And let's just get into it. The first one on Dylan Larkin was a scary, scary play. The Detroit Red Wings over the weekend were playing the Ottawa Senators. It's just a very inconspicuous player on the net. Dylan Larkin gets tied up with Matthew Joseph. All of a sudden, Dylan Larkin is sleeping on the ice. What did you make of this play, Tim? Anybody at fault on this one? Yeah, so Matthew Joseph, it looks like, if you watch it in real time from a certain angle, it looks like he cross-checks him like in the head or right below the head at the top of the neck. Then you watch from a different angle. It probably wasn't quite a cross-check because I don't think he had both hands on his stick, but it's still two hands high with a stick in his hand right Larkin's unprotected spot so he goes down and uh and just into a pile and uh it looks like a pretty dirty hit from from Joseph and Larkin's had neck issues before so he should have known that um fortunately the x-rays were negative but there's no timetable to return for Larkin my issue on this one is does is it Kelly coming in at the very end that just amplifies the issue because Joseph's pushing him away from the net and then Kelly comes in and sandwiches Larkin. And like you said, he's had some issues. So maybe something just happened and Dylan Larkin just gets caught. I honestly, I don't think there's a penalty here. Maybe two. It's just a battle around the net. And it's just unfortunate that Dylan Larkin takes it in a bad spot. Do you think this merits a penalty, let alone a suspension because he's just trying to clear him from the zone and yeah, he gets up a little high, but this is a play that happens every shift around the net. And I'm not exaggerating. This happens all the time. I think Kelly coming in on the backside, Larkin doesn't see him. That's the impact that really does the damage to Larkin. I don't think Joseph is the main reason why Larkin goes to sleep here. But I don't know. Is, is there? I don't think Joseph got a penalty on the play. Do you think he did anything wrong, Tim? No. I mean, it sucks that Larkin got hurt from it, but yeah, like like you said, you watch it slow, the frame by frame, you watch his hands, probably a little bit high, but it does happen half a dozen times, you know, every period. So I think it's okay. It's okay. And then a reaction to this play, everyone's favorite player, David Perron, probably best known for being one of the biggest pests in the league for the last 
12 years. That's what he's good at, getting under people's skin, but he's also very talented. He puts up some points. He takes it upon himself to get some retribution for Dylan Larkin because he sees his captain laying on the ice starfish, sleeping. And Perron just goes after anybody. He goes after Artem Zub, who had nothing to do with the whole thing. Zub's just sitting there calling for help for Dylan Larkin, saying, hey, 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 we need some help. And Perron just two hands him right in the face, cross-check, like fully extended in in the neck and ear, a distant, just a disgusting play. I get you're trying to exact revenge for your captain, but what are we doing here? And good, some good has come from this. He is having an in-person hearing, which means he'll at least get five games. The bad is I think I have him on my fantasy team, so I might have to make an adjustment. Bad play by Perron, right? Like, is there, like, what do you think he gets? Seven? He's he's a repeat offender, I would imagine. Yeah, so technically it doesn't mean that he's going to get five-plus games. It just means with an in-person hearing that they can suspend for five He's going to get five. Yeah. Um, so we got a match penalty for intent to injure. This one was bad. And we're going to talk about a few more incidents in, that happened over the weekend. This is where it starts to escalate. This was what the Matthew Joseph hit wasn't. This was two hands, cross-check, deliberate intent to hurt somebody. He's going to get, yeah, he gets at least five, I think. I think he gets five to seven, rightfully so. Dangerous play. Like, it, you could really do some damage. It's it's a two-hand right to the face. It's so bad, David Braun. And he doesn't even look like he was going for anywhere else but the head. Sometimes it can ride up the shoulder. Sometimes the guy's hand can kind of push it up. He was aiming for his face with his stick. It's a, It's a disgusting play. It's almost comical because it's like, what are you, what are you thinking? Perron. Like, what are you thinking? I, these two teams are going to play again. Brady Kachuk's going to go off. They have that Zach McEwen. He's going to go. It's going to be fun when these two plays play each other again, because there will be some kind of retribution for this. Just a, just a bad play. And this is the tip of the iceberg, Tim. It gets worse from this. Moving on to another game. The Columbus Blue Jackets played the Florida Panthers over the weekend. Not a very high rivalry game between these two teams obviously columbus struggling but they have some toughness in good branson matthew olivia they're a pretty hard team to play against florida obviously has the matthew kachuk goodness isn't in there anymore but yeah they have a, a hard team too midway through i want to say was it the second or first i can't remember nick cousins just is a dangerous hit on erica branson I, I don't know how else to say it it is a when I see hits like this, I just shake my head and I go, why Why are you finishing this check? There's no rhyme or reason to even lean on Eric Goodbranson at this point. Goodbranson's playing the puck behind the net on his backhand. He's completely facing the boards, Tim. 100%. And then Cousins just buries him. Goodbranson eats Dasher. His face goes face first into the Dasher, right on the corner to one of the most dangerous spots in the ice behind the net. It Am I am I overstating this? No, this is bad. And I'm, I'm watching it again right now. And technically, hits from behind into the boards happen very, very often. But they ride them in, right? They kind of grab them and pull them in. Mm-hmm. It's not the impact. It's the impact that's like two feet from the boards that he hits him and he goes face first into the board. That's the dangerous play. He gives so him the pop. Trying to, I'm trying to make a counter argument of like, okay, maybe Gabranson put himself in a, in a vulnerable spot. He didn't. Like, there's, no. a, there's a way to make that hit without trying to hurt him, and, and Cousins knew what he was doing. I, I don't know what he was thinking finishing the hit like that. 
Well, the play is you don't have two hands on your stick like Cousins has and finish him with your shoulder. You take your left hand off your stick and you kind of ride him in and bear hug him into the boards. That's the play. And you use your right hand to poke the puck away. That's the safe play. The refs allow that. They're not going to call a holding. And you almost pick Good Branson up and you hit him into the boards. That's fine. You don't come in with both hands on your stick and pop him and finish him. Like, lunge into him. It's such a dangerous play. That happens. Good Branson's laying on the ice. And it's one of the most Undertaker-esque situations if you're a WWF fan when Undertaker just pops up, you think he's dead. Good Branson I thought was going to be stretchered off. He's on the ice, he hits his head on the back of the net. His his helmet's almost off and then almost like he pops back in to reality. He is resurrected and he goes the wires crossed. He goes haywire. He goes after Nick Cousins. Doesn't get to him. Everybody jumps in. Cousins should be kicked out of the game. He should have a five minute and a game on this penalty. He doesn't get it. He gets a minor penalty. He gets a two minute minor for boarding. Eric Goodbranson could have been paralyzed. He could have broken his face. He could have been a lot of things. Concussed for sure. Two minutes. And this is the big thing for me. At the start of the show, I said the refs, if, if there's going to be an instigator rule and the refs are in control and Gary Bettman doesn't want guys jumping guys and bench clearing brawls and those sorts of things to happen, the referee's standing right beside this, literally right beside it, five feet away. This has to be a five in a game. If you want all the control, Gary, and refs, you have to make the right call in this situation. This is a no-brainer. You want these types of hits out of the game. No, two-minute minor for whatever reason. I have no idea. I watch this hit over and over again. It boggles my mind that's, I don't, that's only two minutes, Tim. It should be five in a game and a suspension, right? Yes, and that's where it starts because it kind of escalates from there. And kind of uh-huh. So good Branson, I don't know if it's in the next shift or later in the game, but he is chasing Cousins down the ice. Because just to back it up for a second, he, he goes after Cousins, who immediately turtles, Sean Avery style, covers his face, drops to his knees. There's a scrum going on all around him, and he's down, turtled on the ice. Doesn't answer for it. Now, I kind of get it in a sense of, like, if you weren't expecting it and Branson's right in your face, you know you can't protect yourself. I could make an argument that maybe he, maybe he steps it up later in the game. I bet he got asked to answer for it. He said no. Branson chases him down the ice, and this is where he gets into, like, crossing the line. Branson grabs him from behind, throws him down. <laughs> he starts, starts a lawnmower. Oh my wailing gosh. on him on the ice. Um, oh, it's great. Yeah. So this is where it's like, okay, now you're punching a guy while he's down. Branson's also going to have a hearing for what he did, not in person, but he'll be probably suspended for this. Listen, it's it's a crucial point in the game, too. It's two to one in the third period. So it's not like good Branson calculated this. He just wanted revenge. He felt like the refs didn't take care of him. So what do you have to do? You have to go out and make things right. This guy almost killed me. If I see him on the ice skating around, I'm going to be pissed. There's a cause and effect to everything in life. You do something, something will happen to you. That's how life works. And the refs blew it. And so good Branson has to go out and take care of business. Maybe these guys don't play each other for a while. I don't know. I would do the same exact thing in this situation if someone did that to me. I'm going to try to kill this guy. And that's what Good Branson did. He went out and he, <laughs> yeah. the last time I saw something like this, Brent Burns did this a while back. Like I want to say 10 years ago, he did this to somebody. He legit looks like he's trying to start a lawnmower 
or a chainsaw that's on the ground. He's just like, it's so it's, it's just cathartic to watch as a tough guy and a guy who likes fighting. Nick cousins did something bad. You have to answer for it. I know good Branson is a tough guy, but just drop your gloves and fall down. You know what I mean? Just show up. He doesn't even show up. Good Branson takes care of business and then good Branson gets a penalty. That's, that's the sad thing in this I think at Branson got a double minor. He got kicked out of the game. He got a bunch of penalties for this. It's just frustrating. The guy who instigated the whole thing should have gotten a five. Columbus gets, at the end of the day, penalized for all this stuff because of a dirty hit by Cousins. It just just drives me bonkers. Well, people are trying to make the argument that what Branson did is worse or dirtier than the hit was. Is that that crazy? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Cousins has a chance to protect himself. Good Branson had no chance at all going back for that puck. He was in the most vulnerable situation you can imagine, and a guy takes advantage of it and buries him face first into the boards. Cousins knows that Good Branson's coming after him. And he did what he protects himself. He turtles and he puts his hands over his face. Good Branson went face first into the boards. I would rather be punched by a guy in the back of the head than get hit from behind going top speed and getting my face buried into the corner of the boards. I, I think I'm going to take the former rather than the latter. As it's what a gutless, gutless thing. All right, moving on to another just like, what a weekend. Doesn't who end was, there. Who was just doing stuff to their cornflakes in the morning? These guys were feisty. Kyle Connor, Ryan Strom, Winnipeg Jets, Anaheim Ducks. Ryan Strom lays just, it's a very dangerous hit again. Kyle Connor's cutting across the ice in the offensive zone. He's trying to get a shot off on John Gibson. Ryan Strom has him lined up. He's in good position, but instead of going through the body like you're taught, first day of Pee Wee, had a hit, he just sticks his leg out. Kyle Connor doesn't shift his, you know, his his line, his center mass, left to right very much. Strom just moves out of the way and throws his knee into his knee. It's just a really bad play. Kyle Connor, one of the best goal scorers in the league, out of the game, did not return, and Ryan Strom was given a game misconduct. But boy, oh boy, I asked you this before the show. What's more dangerous? What Garrett Goodbranson does to Cousins or a hit like this? You could blow this guy's knee rate up. I don't know what the prognosis is on Connor. I haven't heard anything. It doesn't look good, Tim. And it's just well, a dirty play by Ryan Strom. Right. So you said Connor left the game. He was helped off the ice, couldn't put any weight on it. So it doesn't look good. And there's no report or timetable yet. Hopefully we'll get an answer today on, on how bad it is. And hopefully it's only a matter of days and not weeks or months. But it could be bad. It could oh. be bad. And Kyle Connor's having such a great season. He has 17 goals, I think, third in the league, tied for third maybe. The um, the Jets just t- passed the Avalanche for first in their division. Like oh. Things are going well for them, you know. Um, and Ryan Strom is not a dirty player. I would have bet this is his first incident. I, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why these sort of things happen. There's a, there's, a, there's a common thread, I think, that ties all this together. And I think one of them, well, let's get into it. Because there's the, uh, you want to talk about the Evander thing now as well? I keep watching the Connor. His leg is fully extended. Oh, and it just it, bends to the side and back. It's it's not good. That's definitely, which which ligament goes around the side not the front the side i don't know the acl, ACL? Don't one of them's completely gone because his leg is f- fully extended oh, well, and, and just to answer just your question the i think of all it. the things we talked about the cousins hit on gabranson was the worst thing for me i agree this one's bad 
But just uh, Connor's just not even expecting it as well. But I guess he should because he's going to the middle of the ice. But you can't expect anything like that to, to happen to you. All right. Uh, we, we save the best for last. The pièce de résistance, as the French say in Paris. My favorite piece of garbage, Evander Kane, pops up in the news. So he's playing the Minnesota Wild. Right? They, they have a rivalry there. Wild have some pests. Ryan Hartman... Big pest. They got Maroon. They got Felino. They have a physical team. Well, Kane is forechecking Jonas Brodeen behind the net. Not as bad as the good Branson hit that Cousins laid on, but still a hit from behind. Kane finishes Brodeen. Not necessary whatsoever. The scary thing is Brodeen didn't return. He's a huge part of the Minnesota Wild. If he's out for any period of time, as little a chance that they have, it's gone. He is that big of a part of that back end for them. No penalty whatsoever on the hit. Go and watch the hit of Ander Kane. He hits him from behind. Same part of the ice. Buries him from behind. There has to be some retribution. The Wild have a lot of tough guys who can answer the bell for this. They have Middleton on the back end, who's who's a pretty tough guy. They have Felino. They have Maroon. They have heavyweights. Ryan Hartman, good on him, steps up and goes after Evander Kane. Evander Kane's a big guy. He, he, he's been in many, many fights. He He... He likes to think of himself as a t- Mr. Golden Gloves Boxer. Mr. I will beat up anybody. I, I'm I'm that guy. He's he's a he's a tough guy. He's a goal scorer. He's a he's a power forward. He's that guy. He doesn't fight Ryan Hartman, who is eight inches shorter, not even nearly in his weight class. He says no, which is just yuck in my eyes. If you're gonna be a tough guy and you say no after you bury someone from behind. Kick rocks. I don't I don't like that. Hartman tries to fight him, jumps him, and they fall down. Hartman gets a two-minute penalty. Again, the ref blows it. Kane should have been in the box at least two, probably five. No penalty for Kane. Hartman gets a two. The Oilers get a power play. All blown by the refs. You have an opportunity to police the game and you don't do it. Well, that's fine. I, I could live with that, Evander Kane just being a chicken blank, just because that's who he is. He's just not, he's just that guy. You know what I mean, Tim? He's the guy who you would never want to hang out with. You see him at the bar or a party, and he's calling you over to the table, and you just pretend like you don't hear him, and you just walk out. Because he just, you're not going to have fun with him, because he's going to stick you with the bill. You know what I mean? He's just that guy. Hey, John, come on and sit down. And then he leaves. And I have to pay for all his drinks. The comments he made after the game were so frustrating to me. So frustrating. He doesn't answer the bell. He questions if his hit was even illegal. And he just insinuates that Ryan Hartman was trying to cut his face with his skate. The victimization of Evander Kane in this situation is through the roof. This guy's the biggest piece of trash I've ever seen in my life. And I used to live by a landfill. He is just the worst. And for him to come out and say, oh, we tried to try to cut my face with his skate. Like, are you, are you nuts? After what just happened overseas, a player losing his life, getting his throat cut by a skate and literally dying. You have the, the gall to say this guy purposely tried to cut me with his skate in my face. 
when you have no evidence whatsoever, you're just stirring the pot, you're playing the victim, drives me nuts. No, no accountability for Evander Kane whatsoever in this situation. He said his hit was fine. He's like, I don't know. Playing hockey, man. Hockey play. I'd, you know, I don't like Tom Sestino. It's fine. Well documented. Just because he wouldn't fight me and I just think he, I, I just didn't really care for him. I want to fight Evander Kane. It b- boils my blood, Tim. I physically want to fight him. And I, you know, I'm trying to be a good Catholic. I'm trying, you know, love thy neighbor. I don't like this guy. I don't like anything he does. He's a good hockey player. He has the tools to be a very good. He is. He has the tools. He just does these things, Tim. And he does them every few months. And I want to hurt him. You know what I mean? I do. I want to see him in pain. Just to even his face in the interview. It just drives me bonkers. That should be the thumbnail of this episode. His stupid, smug face. Ah, it drives me bonkers. Does does it boil your blood? Not the same way it does for <sighs> you. I'm no, I'm no fan of his, but he really gets your goat. So, if I had one, he would have it. It just <laughs> yeah. drives me bonkers. I, I honestly, I don't hate anybody. He's towing the line. I'm if if saying... I saw him, I would. Yeah, if there's a few Liam O'Brien and Raid in there too. Um, yeah. It's, Listen, I don't I'm not like saying it. Evander Kane killed those chickens in your yard, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't know where he was while you guys were out running errands. I don't know where. I don't have his whereabouts accounted for. I'm not that's saying your best him, joke but... in three years. That's your best one I've ever heard. That's that's funny. Oh, he's okay. just a jerk. Anyways, so, so, so he he does he gets off scot free. Drives me bonkers. So zooming out to maybe less the Kane thing, but all these other hits, is it a problem of guys? Is there a lack of respect among players, which is the topic we've covered before? Is it the rules, like the instigator rule? Is it the refs? Like what's what's the reason that this is all happening? Yeah, it's it's just a combination. I think the refs aren't doing a good job policing anybody. I think it's it's obvious. I think George Peros is not doing as great of a job. His suspensions are all over. I'm just watching Kane's interview. It just drives me fuck his face it's uh, anyways yeah i i do think it, it falls on the players you have to show some kind of respect there and if you do cross the line which happens i get it i've crossed the line you answer the bell you just show up or you say you're sorry you show some kind of contrition for what you have done no contrition from evander king he doesn't care at all these guys could care less they could have hurt somebody jonas brodin we don't know his status he could be out long term he doesn't care. He could care less. He's got the stupid... Go watch his interview. Drives me bonkers, this guy. This is why we need to get rid of the instigator. Because then the Wild would go out and sign a meathead like me, and I would go out and take a suspension on Evander Kane. That's how it works. And then he wouldn't do it again. But you can't... You don't want to put your team at a, you know, at a penalty, this and that. So it's just going to keep happening over and over again. I might be exaggerating it, but these are four prime examples this week. That maybe wouldn't have happened if a guy in the back of my head go, I'm going to get my face bashed in if I do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. But anyways, moving on, Tim. It, bo- it boils my blood. Yeah, we got to move on. There's a, we do. There's, a, there's a team that's been struggling that it's kind of the timing's a little bit ironic. because We had a player on from that team last week, Ryan Graves, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they had a loss. So the next game that Ryan Graves had was against Tampa. I think it was the next night, right? Yeah, not um, good. Or maybe even later that day, I forget. 
So they had they lost that game three to one, and then there was a closed door team meeting, players only, right after that game. And uh, so they dealt with something like they've been sliding down their standings. They're not performing well. And they actually funny biz tweeted out about after that report went out about the closed door meeting is like, Hey, bet the over for next game, bet on Crosby, bet on Sid, bet on like <laughs> Gensel, bet your 401k, bet your, your kid's college. And then they lose the next night too. But you know what would have been good if they would have bet through give better. Some of those losses would have been gone to charity. So True. there is an upside if you, if you use give better everybody. See? Then they Silver lose lining. again to, to Florida two nights later. So they've now lost four straight. They have only three wins in their last 10 games, and they're seventh in the wild card race, which puts them, I think there's only three teams worse than them in the, in the yeah. whole East. Columbus, Ottawa, um, Buffalo, I think, are behind them. Yeah. So we, we looked at their stats, and we actually talked about this probably three, four weeks ago, uh, early in the season, about like the value of a point-per-game player and then the top guys. And so we were talking about Pittsburgh at the time. I still think, like, the top guys are producing pretty well, especially five on five. Crosby, Gensel, Malkin, Carlson, Rust all have like 20 points or more. Like that's pretty good. Um, but they have no depth. Even though their top guys are producing pretty well, they're 27th in the league in scoring as a team, which is just not good enough. Because I'm looking at like, okay, if those guys are producing, maybe the goalies are bad. No, the goalies are fine. Jari's been playing pretty well. The team defense has been pretty good. They're third best in the league for goals against. Only Boston and LA are better. And those two teams don't let up goals. So Pittsburgh's right with them. I think it's the depth scoring. I think they're just not scoring enough as a team. I think you need more from guys like Riley Smith, um, Lars Eller, Raquel, I don't think has any goals. Jeff Carter doesn't have any goals. And I don't know. These guys are still playing top nine minutes. They have uh, Drew O'Connor playing with Crosby right now. Like, Something, something's got to shake and move, but um, things could be dire. Pittsburgh is having these closed doors meeting. They're still not winning. Is it panic mode yet for you? Yeah, well, absolutely. The season is getting very close to being half over. They've played 26 games, so they have some games in hand on a lot of teams. But, like, they're Tim, they're, they're in the bottom five of the league in goals four. They're, they're right with the Kraken and the Blackhawks and the Sharks and the Blues and the Canadians. Like, this is just not where you want to be. There are teams who have 30 more goals than they do in this season. Like this, this is an issue for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they thought that was going to be rectified by getting Eric Carlson. It hasn't happened. They they just can't seem to figure out scoring. And in this league, in this day and age, if you can't put together a team that has at least three lines that can consistently score, you have no chance. None whatsoever. You look at the top teams in the league right now. The Canucks, they have three lines that are dangerous. The Vegas Golden Knights. Three lines that are dangerous that can score consistently on any given night. The Rangers, the same thing. You need that depth. Right now, they don't have it. And I don't I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't see a magic wand that they can wave and just say, okay, we all of a sudden have a third line who is just capable of scoring on any given night. Lars Eller is old and slow. He's not going to do it. Jeff Carter, his best years are behind him, to say the least. He, he's... He's a fun guy to watch. He's got two points, Tim. One goal, one assist. It's not going to cut it. Vinny Henestroza. These aren't the names on your third line that are are striking fear in the opposition. It just isn't good enough. I don't see where the answer is. They swung for the fences on the back end. They brought in Carlson. He's been good. I'll give Carlson his due. He's he's gotten points. He's not a disaster on the back end. I think he's plus 12 or something. they're, They're not playing bad hockey. They just don't have the horses. You can't compete. They trade away every draft pick they ever got 
in the effort to compete and maximize the Crosby era, Rutherford was trading first-rounders left and right over the last 10 years. You're seeing the effect of that. Their cupboard is bare. They have no good prospects in the system that they can plug into those third and fourth-line roles to bring that that secondary scoring. These young guys who are on the cheap contracts, they don't have it. So they have second and third and fourth round guys trying to fill in those spots. And those guys aren't going to do it. And what do you expect? You have all your money tied up with Latang, Carlson, Crosby, Malkin. It's it's 40 some million dollars tied up with four players and all those guys are good. But they they ain't, you know, they ain't young. I don't see I don't see an answer here for Pittsburgh. They 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 will not get out of this. Unfortunately. Yeah. Vegas doesn't like their odds either. They're plus one twenty to make the playoffs, which doesn't sound terrible, but they have them like tenth in the standing. So um yeah, these guys their season could be over already, which is too bad. Well, what do you like? And and again, I always go to the bigger question, cap friendly. What happens with this team moving forward? You bring in Kyle Dubas. He's supposed to resurrect this team. Get them back to competition. They didn't make the playoffs last year. First time in a gazillion years for this team. They want to they compete. Just milk the last few ounces of talent they have from Malkin and Crosby and Latang. What if they don't make the playoffs this year? Jake Gensel's a UFA. Do you re-sign him? Do you bring him back and all of a sudden try to do it again this year? It's going to be different. Crosby's going to be 37. Malkin's going to be 38. What do you do with all these UFAs and RFAs you have? You got Carlson for three more years, Tim, at $10 million. This team is a disaster. An abject disaster for a salary cap situation. Bringing in Carlson was the biggest mistake that they did. And they're going to feel the effects of that for the next three to four years. It's just amazing the situation that they're in. And they put themselves here. Washington, similar situation. San Jose Sharks slowly getting out of that situation. But all the teams that were good 10 years ago, you can see what's happening to them now. Chicago is out of it now. They got rid of Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, Hosa. Those guys are gone. And they have started the rebuild. These guys are still holding on hope that they're going to have one more kick at the can. It's like, just let it go. I, I called the Caps game last night. And the Caps won. They beat Chicago, what was it, 4-2. to two. Awful game. Absolutely terrible game. Two bad hockey teams going at it. Ovechkin has no chance to break that record. He looks... Bad. Him. He looks every bit of 38 years old. He hasn't scored in 10 games. Longest streak of his career. He has no interest in playing hockey whatsoever. He glides around the ice, and then if there's a chance, he'll he'll try. Other than that, he just is a spectator. And it's sad to see because he's a terrific hockey player. But there's no chance he breaks that record. None. I'm so... I would bet my 401k that he doesn't break it. Even if he plays four more years, he's not going he will not get 20 goals this year. Not a chance. Not a chance in the world. Even on the power play, he's not even the number one option. They go to Strom every single time. Every power play they had, it runs through Dylan Strom. Ovi's just maybe once he'll get a shot and he rips it and it's just wide or it I give him a 5% chance to break the record. And that's generous. I don't I don't want to get on that tangent, but yeah, it bad. Did you have dinner with Ovi last night? No, they came in and they were coming off a win with the Rangers, so they didn't do pregame skate. I even had the pass. I was all set to go down there, but no one showed up. Unfortunately. I had my chance and I blew it. I should have went to his hotel. Yes, you should have. That would have been a bold move. Knocked on his door. 
Hey, Alex, you want to hang out? All right, Tim, let's do some quick kits brought to you by DoorDash. What do you say? Yeah, they are brought to you by DoorDash. Use promo code NATION25, all caps, for 25% off your first order and free delivery if you live in Canada. There was a trade over the weekend. Robert Bortuzzo was traded from the Blues to the Islanders for a seventh-round pick. I don't know if there's been a less consequential trade in recent history, but still worth mentioning. It could be the Isles adding a defenseman. It could be the Blues relieving some salary cap room here. Maybe there's another move coming. This is the answer to the Islanders' question. Right now, they're sitting right on the bubble. They're eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Look out. This is it. They got a young, fleet-footed, puck-moving defenseman. I'm like, why do these trades even happen? I don't even understand it. Anyways, good for Bertuzzo. He'll get some some ice time, maybe. Our old buddy, Jesse Puglia-Yarvi, joined the Penguins as a free agent tryout. So we don't know yet whether he's going to make the team, whether he signs like a little PTO or, or a trial error, but um, he's back. He's back. The still Galchenyuk the effect. Whole, making the whole NHL thing work. Can we still say Galchenyuk's name on the show? Yeah. Yeah. All he Maybe. did was threaten little kids and stuff. but Yeah, threaten to kill um, police officers. But yeah, Paul Viari, yeah. a high draft pick. Didn't work out in Carolina. Didn't really work out in Edmonton. Did he play in a couple more teams, too? Hasn't worked out anywhere he's gone. Yeah. Pittsburgh will figure it out, though. They'll be the ones who will solve the mystery of Poviari. Right. The guy himself um, even said, this is maybe not my league. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he was he's like, it's not working, you guys. But you want, to, you want to bring me in? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, you never know. There have been worse players than him that have found chemistry with Crosby and Malkin, so... That, you never that know. is true. Galchenyuk uh, being one of them, I think. for the Blue Jackets that Boone Jenner, their captain, oh. was injured, suffered a fractured jaw on Friday, expected to be missed for about six weeks or more. Puck in the tough. face. Oh, tough, tough break there. Worse, <laughs> as a player, there's no worse situation than getting a puck right in the snage. One of the good guys, too, in the game. Plays it the right way. A very, very high respect for Boone Jenner. Like that guy. And when you when it happens, it's like it seems like it's it's so easy. It's surprised it doesn't happen more often, you know. Right. I know. Um, but good for him. Last good thing here. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. The last thing here. The Oilers won again last night. They have now won seven straight games, which is pretty impressive. They are climbing the, the standings, climbing the rankings. Are you betting on them to make the playoffs now? Yeah. Yeah. Based on recent success, they're they're back to five hundred. Twelve and twelve, good for them. And they're they're beating some good teams. McDavid's turned it on. He's playing phenomenal. Same with Dreinsidel. They're both playing really really good. See Evan Bouchard's bomb there tonight. Hundred miles an hour, good for him. Other teams are playing good too. The, the Arizona Coyotes are, are sl- not so quietly playing really good hockey. I, I don't know. I, I I think Coyotes might sneak in. Predators are playing good. They've won seven of the last ten. So the West is picking it up, so to speak. So the Edmonton Oilers, I think, will get in at the end of the day. Yeah, good for them. It it's good when they make the playoffs. They're the best player of the planets on their team. They got to make the playoffs. I would love for Edmonton and Arizona to have those two wild card spots. Arizona? No, you can't do that. That would be just yeah. Come on, that rink would be It'd rocking. Be Keller and Smalt and all those guys running around. It'd be fun. It wouldn't be fun. It would suck. They need a new rink. Yeah. Anything else, John? No, I thought you had one more. That's it. That was it. That was the last one. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tim's got a Tim's got a lot of appointments today. He's so busy. 
He's got to go. I got to go, too. Thanks for listening. I hope you all have a good week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.